Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, your hostess, and today I have Jamie Dooley with me. Do you guys know Jamie? Jamie is an amazing, amazing human. Jamie, you and I met, what, during the pandemic? No, I think it was uh, before the pandemic. Well, you know, it was RDH under one roof, but we had already known each other. So that's the first time we got to hang out in person. But yes, we met, we met virtually. Yeah, it's it's been such a a cool, and I talk about this all the time on the podcast, but like getting to know people in real life, like, oh, you exist and hugging them. And the way that I met Jamie was uh, through her manifesto. And I remember Jamie being with you and breaking through on so many different layers with the uh, heart activation and being able to actualize what I wanted. And I was, I was so telling fast. So fast. Cause I, I just needed to get clear. You guys know, th- and this is great for the top of the year too, but it's great anytime because once you learn how to do it, you can bring that to life anytime. Right, Jamie? Exactly. Once you know how to open that heart to reopen it, you can catch yourself in that closed kind of, you know, stress response moment and reopen it anytime. So I was able to activate so many different things through Jamie's help. And it's just funny how timing meets opportunity, that divine appointment and just saying, okay. And her name kept coming up. You guys know, I mentioned this all the time when someone's name or something comes up, it's like, okay, I'm going to reach out to Jamie and be like, hi, I'm this weird stalker person. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited to connect with you. Thank you. And, you know, likewise, and Jamie, you're just such a light to so many people. So thank you for being on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And um, Jamie, tell us, this is always the question I start with, why dental hygiene? Why did it choose you or why did you choose it, do you think? So in high school, I was super interested in psychology. Um, I also thought about being a band director. So I was kind of, I was from a really small town in Upper Michigan and I, I looked to the people I looked up to in my small town and I really thought, well, I'll do something like that, right? Um, but I ended up nannying for our, our dentist 
family. He had four girls and it was actually his wife. I was talking about nursing and psychology and music therapy. I want to help people, but I'm not really sure how. And she said, why don't you be a hygienist? And I was like, God, no, why would I want to do that? You know, I'm I'm 18. I had already started in the psychology route. um, And she told me about the benefits and I, I signed up. I, I applied within a week. Um, I realized what a perfect fit would be because my number one goal was to be a mom and a wife and to have a family. It was such a beautiful fit for a woman who also wanted to have a family. And that honestly, knowing I could help people. um, And and I didn't know back then what bartenders we can, we can be because we're in that intimate one-on-one space with people. So it actually ended up being a beautiful fit for kind of my, my spiritual guidance abilities as well. I love how you said bartenders because it's so true. It's you're there. And I always say it's like you're your stylist, you know, you're in that therapy, you're in that psychology, you're helping people, you're listening, and you definitely have a captive audience. You sure do. And you know, I started getting people saying, I don't think I can wait six months to talk to you again. Do you meet people in between profies for coffee? And I was like, sure. You know, I, I didn't so I just charged them when I made hourly as a hygienist. And I started meeting people between profies for coffee. Um, and that's how I got started. Wow. That's okay. So about 2007 ish. Okay. I didn't know that story. So yeah. you went from what you went from <laughs> hygienist and then people would pay you for that extra time, that extra time. Yeah. Because they, they said, I just feel so good when I'm here with you. And these are, these are people, they didn't have perio, right? Like these aren't people who needed to come see me. These were the polish and, and chat for an hour to fill the time people. And they just wanted to get together in between. Yeah. Wow. And so was that, is that kind of when you had a light bulb moment of, this is maybe what I want to do or that filled your heart or what happened to transition that? So I I have a story of what actually broke it open and I was learning about chakras and it felt a little woo to me. Um, But my daughter has spina bifida. She's now 23 and she was really struggling. She, she was full on pigeon toed. Um, And I had this patient that kept coming in and saying, you've got to go and take her to this cranial sacral therapist, who's also a physical therapist and does Feldenkrais method and acupressure. And, you know, he's, he's gifted. And I was like, I don't know. Well, I brought her. And in an hour and a half, she walked out straight. She was eight years old, paralyzed below the knee. Okay. (laughs) And walked out straight. And I just said to him, teach me. Like, I want to understand the energy of the body. I want to understand what's going on. Um, and he was also a man of great faith. So he, he was also praying. He was also inviting divine guidance as he was doing these healings for people. And it was just, it was amazing. So I was starting to learn because he had inspired me so much. And one day this really crabby patient came in and he was horrible. Nobody wanted him. And somehow he got put in my schedule and he was yelling. He was verbally abusive. Uh, to the receptionist waiting for me to come and get him up seven minutes late. And I sat down and I started to, you know, go. And he was so mean. I had to get up, go in the bathroom. I was crying. And I remember so clearly, I leaned against the door. I fell to the ground and I started crying. And I heard in God's voice, you will be here until you learn to open your heart. Right? He was a gift. He was a gift pushing me to open my heart. 
So I did what I had been learning to open this heart, to imagine my heart turned into pure green energy and to open it. I went back and I said nothing. I told him I had to get an instrument. I went back and I said nothing. I finished the appointment. Doctor came in, doctor left. He sat up with a tear in his eye and he said, young lady, I don't know what you just did, but I haven't felt this good in a long time. I lost my wife and I'm really struggling. Can you meet for coffee? And that was it. I went, okay, this is something I'm supposed to do. Wow. Yeah. So he felt it. He felt it. I said nothing. He felt it. But where's his head? It's right here. here At your heart, essentially. So so my daughter's cranial sacral therapist had been teaching me about the energy field of the body, that it extends so far outside of the body. And so I had been kind of dabbling in it, kind of playing with it. And and that was my... That was my big moment where I went, okay, my heart is so powerful. And one of my jobs is to keep it open to inspire others to keep theirs open. And I, I was not at that office. I was not even a clinical hygienist much longer. I, I, just like you, we listen to so many podcasts. We read so many things about the power of energy and that, you know, we're, we're cell, we're, we're cell, we're cellular related. We're frequency. It's all, you know, it's, it goes beyond and extends beyond our bodies. How far do you think that extends out into, into the universe? Well, so it's, it's connected like the grid. So the grid that makes our phones work, right? If we don't think about it very often, but the energy that connects our phones is the same energy that connects us. So we're all one. We're all a whole. And we're all connected, having a separate human experience that we chose. That's what I believe. Wow. We chose to go through the struggle and the strife and the lessons and the wisdom and the joy and the pain and the contrast. So your things are choosing you and you're choosing them. Yeah. I think as you learn that these lower vibrations and the ego-based living doesn't feel good and you play with, okay, well, what would it be like to flip this belief about this person or myself? And you play with that and your vibration rises, your, the heart's part of that. And in heart coherence, when your prefrontal cortex and your heart are really linked up, because you have 40,000 neurons in your heart, that's when your heart starts to lead you instead of the ego, the back of the brain. So you just said something, when people choose to flip the contrast, when people say, because we're everything's at choice. We're always at choice. And we are we're thinking, okay, I'm gonna be like in that situation that you used, you could choose to be upset and angry and hurt with your patient, or you could choose to meet it with love. How do people do that? Like, how do you flip the switch when it is against what you're feeling? I think that for me, it's a matter of daily practice. So so if I hadn't been doing the daily practice, waking up in the morning and and opening my heart on my way to work in traffic during moments of stress, learning how to not let, not allow your circumstances, your outer world to cause you your feelings, but to realize that you're proactively in charge of your feelings based on what you're thinking. So when that car cuts me off, I think instead of a hole, I think, you know, right. I think that guy must have, must be having a really bad morning. Or maybe he's having a really hard life and I'm able to send him love instead. So then I don't end up closing my heart, getting triggered and cause because my energy feels about to connect with other people's. And then I don't cause other people to have a negative day too. Because then when you do that, it attracts, like you're saying, the grid into your energy field and you're accepting his grid, so to speak. Exactly. There, I don't really believe in law of attraction. 
I like the term law of resonance. We don't get what we want, we get what we are. So by really staying high vibe and learning how to open that heart every single morning and set it, I actually visualize that. What do I want to feel like at the end of the day? What do I want to say? Oh, thank God I accomplished this, right? What, what kind of accomplishments do I want to have? What kind of feelings? What kind of exchanges with people? I don't want to speak to my kids and husband. Um, and then leave space for miracles too. Because if we pre-plan everything, that's control and that's ego. So just leaving some fun space for miracles to occur in our lives, that's probably been the biggest magic for me. Isn't it so cool? Like the things that you would never have expected just drop right in. Never. Um, You know, when I was in hygiene school, one of my biggest memories was we were graduating and I was in uh, remediation all the time because I wasn't holding my my scalars right. And they were like, you all... your, your mouths are clean when you're done, but you're, you're going to burn out. You're going to end up with carpal tunnel and you're going to have neck problems. And my instructors at Ferris State University were right. I did burn out. Right. But I think that that moment, my senior year, I was speaking to someone, I was in remediation and it was our dental director. And she said, you know, you've come a long way. And I said, I feel like I'm not going to work in dentistry my whole career. I see us in in medicine. I feel like dentistry and medicine are going to come together. And I'm really excited about that. I had no idea I'd be part of it. No clue. And so that's one of those little God moments, those little sprinklings of miracles, because I ended up working for my alma mater and I ended up integrating oral health into a large healthcare system and I failed. (laughs) It was challenging and it was just a small little grant, right? So it was just a small little period, but I had a nurse manager say to me, you guys specialize, right? Like nurses have to specialize and, and take certificate programs just to keep up. We can't keep up with all the research and knowledge and, you know, standards of care and best practices. I said, no, we, we really don't. She's like, that's what you should do. And any time, like you said, you hear something more than once, this was the third time someone had mentioned to me, hygiene just really needs certificate programs. And when you find yourself saying someone should do that, one, I can't find my hand, one finger out, three fingers back, that someone had to be me. So you went from hygienist to on the side, life coach, listener, heart activator, yeah, guide, life coach, yeah. <laughs> all the things. And then you, you were, you went back and you, you were teaching and you did a, you had a grant. So tell me more after that. Yeah. So I actually wasn't teaching. I actually um, was in public health. Another, another fun little thing that happened was I went back to school. I wanted to work for the children's hospital. I I wanted to help more parents and children. Like my daughter um, had been blessed with our children's hospital. So I went back for nonprofit administration and grant writing and fundraising. And I did a four month unpaid internship, ended up filing bankruptcy to, to get this done. My house foreclosed, but I felt so passionate about it and they didn't choose me. I didn't get the job. So, yeah. (laughs) So I ended up subbing as a hygienist applying for, I don't know, I probably got four different interviews to be a grant writer or, or some kind of nonprofit manager. And every single time I was their second choice, which they thought should make me feel good, right? But it just killed me. I mean, I could have truly, I had just gone 30 grand in debt. Um, I was working full time while going to school and I had to stay positive. So I started subbing and I, um, was working for this this wonderful couple and, and it, her name is Beth Robinson. She's in Wayland, Michigan. And 
she said, you know, we're building a million dollar office down the street. Why don't you work for us? Like, I love you. I think you're a great hygienist. I feel connected to you. And I said, no, no, no. I want to, I want to do this grant thing. And she said, you know, I'd love to turn this. They were in a house. I'd love to turn this house into a Medicaid clinic. And I said, are you kidding? She said, no, wouldn't that be cool? I said, yeah, that would be cool. I think I just went to school to do exactly that. So that's what we did. We opened a five chair Medicaid clinic in that office and I had it self-sustainable in one year. So these are those little, so when, when challenges occur and when things don't look the way that you thought they were going to look, if you can catch yourself, pause, open that heart and say something good will come of this, something better always does, then, then it could have been if you were in control. Absolutely. It's everything is for you. Because think about what you just said. I mean, I, I'm thinking, I know you've thought about what you just said, but I'm thinking about what you just said. And our listeners are probably like, what, did, what just happened here? This like just blew my mind. And it's all true because this is what I tell people. It's like, I couldn't have been prepared for that if I didn't go through all of this. Exactly. Right. And so the lessons are wisdom. They're not, they're, they're challenges. Sure. But they're preparing us. You're 100% right. They're preparing us for what's next. That's in alignment with the thing we want. So the reason we don't have the thing that we want yet is because we're not at the vibration of it. So we have to learn that lesson. And the contrast is often a huge portion of the lesson. So how do people get at the vibration? So for me, the, the best way to handle it is to really take a hard look. So my sister and I developed the expansion method. That's probably, that's probably the easiest way. And the acronym is ADORUM. So it's allow your heart to open, step one, every morning. Get up, allow your heart to open. You don't have to do anything. And for us dental providers, right, and healthcare providers, we're very used to doing, doing, doing. So for us, it can feel very uncomfortable to sit and be still and allow it to occur. It's our natural state. We don't have to push it. In fact, if you push it, it won't open. That'll trigger your stress response. Your autonomic nervous system will say, nope, (laughs) this doesn't feel safe. So you allow your heart to open. Then during the day, if something happens, if you get triggered, you need to detach from it. That's the D. So just detach from it. No emotional uh, entanglement, right? So the guy cuts you off in traffic. You stay detached. Make sure that heart's still open. If not, reopen it so the A and the D are kind of swirly. And then observe it from a third-person perspective. That's the O. So that guy must be having a really bad day. Now it's not you being part of the story. You're outside of it, and you can really just look at it objectively. And then you can flip it, reverse. What do I want to think or feel instead? Compassion, love, blessings. And the, the E and the M, the expand and the model come later. <laughs> you know, you after you've practiced this for a while, your vibration naturally stays high. And it's not a challenge anymore. Now, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're like, oh, goody, I get to send someone some love. Yeah. So because you found out that by not being triggered by your environment and other people, your life is so much more rich. Your life is so much more enjoyable. And you stay at that high vibration all the time because it's our natural state. That's true. That's thank you for walking us through that. I didn't mean to. I, I just I, I love. I hang on to every word you say when you're speaking because I just you know you and I are very aligned and it's it's such important work and it you you keep saying practice and it's just like anything else we want to get better at and want to make it part of our natural state. Fulcruming, uh, exactly. you know, doing the rocking, the high speed, you know, whatever it is that we want to go into neutral posture. 
you got to practice it. It's got to feel like your natural state. So Jamie, you went from this to, I know you talked about the integrative health piece. Tell me more about that because I know where I know part of your story and I want the listeners to hear about how you got from that to where you are now. So um, we had a, a four year HRSA grant and of course I was devastated when that ended, but I sat and I thought, okay, well, I know the challenge is in my own community in West Michigan and I could really work to integrate oral health into medicine here, or I could really stretch myself and be brave because I really believe that when we do things outside of our comfort zone, that's the only way we can grow and expand. If you're in your comfort zone, you're really not growing or expanding, you're shrinking, you're in that contracted state. So for me, I can only stay high vibe when I allow the expansion and the contraction to be a very kind of rhythmic, regular um, dancer. So there there should be a rhythm to it, a little bit of expansion, a little bit of contraction. So I went for it and I started the National Network, Network of Healthcare Hygienists. I filed the 501c3 paperwork. I used my own money. I had absolutely no idea if it would roll, if it would fly. And I did it anyway. I did it scared. So now we have our first certificate program and membership. So we we support hygienists that are already working in healthcare or non-traditional settings or that want to. And we are educating them in areas of medicine. So it's oral systemic, but it's also um, maybe some of that medical knowledge that either was missing from your dental hygiene education or like you and I, we went to hygiene school a while ago. So, you know, it's a nice refresher um, that you can't get elsewhere. Yes, you could piece it together on the internet and take one CE here and there at a time, but our oral systemic educator certificate program is 34 and a half CE, which we were blessed to have you do our leadership module. Um, so we have the, the biggest and best educators in our industry, in the industry of dental hygiene, uh, and it's included with membership of the network for $21 a month. So we, we grew, we expanded, and then we said, this is so valuable. How can we put this in the hands of hygienists everywhere? And then we expanded into Canada and now we're launching our second program oncology. So it's been, it's been five years since I first had the idea. So it's been a slow process, but watching the growth exponentially now has been so exciting. And taking that step into scared. Oh yeah. You know, that's so, it it sounds so easy to say, and you think, you know, it scares looks and feels like, but it comes in so many forms, doesn't it? It does. And, And what I would love to tell people is that there is not a moment, I call it your inner critic and your inner coach. There is not a day I wake up and sit down at my laptop to do work for the network and don't hear who do you think you are to be doing this? Who do you think you are? And so if that's you, whoever's listening and you're struggling with imposter syndrome, know that A, you're not alone. We all struggle with it. And B, if you listen to it, you will be stuck for the rest of your life. You've got to work through it and do it scared. And when you do, the, the voice is still there, but you turned on the volume. And now you can start to hear your inner coach that pipes up and says, you can do this. You were built for this. If not you, who? And I always tell people too, that inner critic, who is that? Who's that saying that to you? Is that mom? Is it dad? A coach? A teacher? A teacher? Yeah. Like well, who yeah. is that? And it's not, that's not your voice. Exactly. It's not supposed to be your voice. That's someone else telling you your own beliefs, your truths. And so I think it helps to identify who that is that you're hearing and feeling and then say, you know, I I don't, not in alignment with that. That doesn't, I'm not available for that. And just 
push it out and let the coach creep on back in. Exactly. I like to think of my inner critic as my wounded child, right? That that six, six to eight year old who went to school and had such innocence and got bullied. I mean, we all got teased in, in some way, right? So I like to imagine six-year-old me, I just tell her, go in the back seat, put a video going, put some, put some headphones on, keep her busy so that my higher self, who I've named Michelle, my middle name can sit right shotgun right next to me. And her and I can plan what my day is going to look like her. And I can plan, yeah. Her and I can plan what my week and my, and my year is going to look like instead of my wounded child. So I didn't get rid of her, right? She's in the back seat, but she's also busy. She's, she's not allowed to have as loud of a voice as the person riding shotgun. So what are some things that you would say to people I mean, your life lessons learned in this leadership journey that you've been on, because I mean, you're a leader in many different ways. You're a leader of women, you're a leader in dentistry and healthcare and now oncology and, and, and so what are some of the things like if you had three things that you would say to people that would be the most powerful things that you could think of, what would they be? I think first of all, we're all leaders. I don't feel like a leader at all. So we're all leaders. We all are built for leadership in our specific genius zone. And figuring out what your genius zone is, uh, is step one. So you're not meant to lead everything, but there's something, right? So a heart activation and, and the power of the heart, it, it chose me. Um, other people said, hey, you're really good at this. So listen to that. What do other people say you're really good at? And it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to start a national or international nonprofit to be a leader. You might be a leader in your home. You might be a leader in your church. You might be a leader at work and embrace that, that part of you, that genius zone. And then number two, I think good leaders are inspiring leadership in others. And so Instead of looking at it like you're above someone, which I think a lot of the women that I've worked with, I've worked with at least 400 women now privately in in coaching and healing. And a lot of them think of leadership as a negative because they've, they've had bosses or leaders or coaches that weren't kind. And so they, they don't have the right um, view of leadership because they haven't had, they haven't seen that in their lives. So a good leader is going to build up other leaders. They're equal. They're not better than, they're equal. And then a third, I think it's okay to do more than one thing, right? Like we're in a time, yeah, we're in a time where the internet really allows us to explore and expand and take risks and fail. And so it's okay if you're not sure where you can, you can bring out your inner leader. It's okay to try multiple things and just uh, see what hits, <laughs> you know, see what works. I have tried things that have failed. The failures always teach us a lesson. So it's okay to try multiple things and see where your leadership abilities show up naturally instead of trying to, to force them. Yeah, it's so powerful too when you said that with the that leadership gets sort of a bad rap because of the negative experiences. And with those also too, when I when I teach about leadership versus followership, the followership even gets a worse rap. 
yeah. than the leader because it's a link to week. So, you know, if you're not one, where do you think that you are? But followership, we learn to be followers first before we were ever leaders. Exactly. That's the way you learn how to emulate. But if you have not ever had a great leader in your life or someone that you aspire to be or look up to, or even if that's yourself, even if you want to be your future self, then what do you emulate? And so I think it all comes back to that self-awareness of who it is and what it is that you want to do. And then, you know, what is that powerful person? What would that powerful person, what would he or she do in that situation to take exactly. that next step? Yeah. And and asking yourself that question, you, you said that beautifully. What would my higher self do here? Um, I, I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. And so, Jamie, you had just mentioned, and this is the first time I'd heard of it, the oncology certificate. What? Tell us more about that. Like, I'm so interested. Yeah. So we were hoping that we would be able to open it to students on January 1st, and we're not quite there. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the hygienists that are already working on oncology had contracts where they could not be part of this. So we, we struggled to put together an amazing team, but we did. So it's just taking us a little bit longer than, than we had hoped. We expect it to be open about middle of January. So depending on when you're listening to this, it's, it's 2023. And we are preparing hygienists to either better care for their oncology patients in a, in a traditional dental setting. So that's number one and, or, so there's three potentials and, or, um, start to, to be on a collaborative care team with your local oncology center. So you'd still be clinical working in your traditional setting, but maybe there is monthly rounds or a virtual round that you're part of, and you are the oral health educator. You are the one supporting the oral health of those patients. Maybe not clinically, physically, directly, but by educating the oncology team and helping them set up systems and protocols. And then thirdly, some people, depending on state laws, will be able to actually work in oncology. Um, They might be providing clinical services or they might just be doing education, um, you know, and, and caretaking from more of the, from that setting. There is so many cool advancements, technology, products. And so we've included all of that. We have, we have a module on PBM laser uh, to prevent and treat oral mucositis. So we're really excited um, to see where this goes. And we intend to keep adding to it, which is the other really neat thing. So 15 to 18, we're, I'm still building it, 15 to 18 CE, you get everything from these leaders like Susan Cotton and Joe Meyer Lippert and Jennifer Brown, who's actually an oncology hygienist, right? She's an integrated hygienist on an oncology team. You're learning from these, these leaders um, in oncology and it's all in one spot. So we're super excited and you get lifetime access. Yeah. And I think, to, I mean, it takes a little bit when we think that we know that it's going to launch on a certain day. You have to remain flexible in that because so many cool things can happen. Yeah, we just had right? a nutritionist show up, a nutritionist in oncology. So we were like, wait, we're going to add his modules because we want this to be as comprehensive, like a one-stop shop. And then Megan, Dr. Megan Ryder, who I know is our mutual friend, uh, she's our curriculum director. And her and I really next want to put together a pilot program, trying out, you know, doing research. If we utilize a dental hygienist in an oncology setting, utilizing the PBM laser to prevent treat or mucositis, what happens? So that's our next step is can we really gather some data here and design a role for ourselves that is like no one, no one can deny it, right? Like we're, we're a needed part of that collaborative care team, that multidisciplinary team. So that's, that's what we're going to be doing next in 2023. You know, just everything, just those small little things. Yeah. Just everything, you know, just world peace. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
it's amazing what we can do when we get out of our comfort zone and yeah. when we stop and when we stop questioning ourselves and our abilities and start listening to what we know our strengths are and and listen, you know, listen to what our heart is telling us. And Jamie, that's a ama- that's amazing work that you're doing and the collaborations that you create. And just so grateful for you. Oh, I'm so grateful for you. And and I have to say, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for the support of my own sister coach, my sister Lisa Freitag. So we actually have weekly sessions where we and we just learned about gene keys and how we're working on our gene keys, which is a form of human design. So, you know, to be able to know what your shadows and your and your barriers are and have a weekly or bi-weekly plan to be privately led through uh, and visualize what you want instead of what you're afraid of um, has been so powerful. So I can't take all the credit without her guidance. I wouldn't be where I am. Amazing. Yeah. I look forward to meeting her one day too. I would, cause I've, I've seen her on with you. Yeah. But So how do people get in touch with you, Jamie? Like how can they get more Jamie? So if they're interested in more of the personal development, uh, my coaching and, and women's empowerment business is expansion group for women. And that is boss up and expand.com. We have a sister coach community, a sister coach collective where we train you like my sister and I coach each other in a, in a coaching and healing kind of multi-dimensional private format. And you get access to all of these women that are trained in the same modality and you can exchange for life without fees like my sister and I do. So that's that. Uh, way to get a hold of me. And if you're a hygienist and you're interested in uh, taking one of our certificate programs or being a member and being supported at the network, it is healthcarehygienists with an S.org. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being here. And um, you all, if you have not uh, listened in, uh, Jamie, I know that you have some freebies or, you know, you have things like where people can sample more of what you have on your website. And yeah. yeah. And Lisa and I have a little YouTube channel called the sister coaches too. So there's, there's lots of ways to start to learn from us and start to learn how to reopen your heart. Yeah. So thank you for all that you're doing. And for our listeners, thank you all for what you all do, because we are all in our zone of genius. And, you know, if you have more questions, if you want to reach out to Jamie or myself or whoever, we are here to support you. And if I can ask a favor of everyone listening or watching this, if you wouldn't mind giving the dental handoff five stars on Apple Podcasts, it would really mean a lot to us. Jamie, thank you so much again. I look forward to working with you in 2023. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. I just cherish our friendship. Same, my friend. All right, everyone, be well. Bye-bye.